I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. On this show, as many of you know, listeners ask us questions, and we try and answer those questions. The weirder the question, the better. And Brian Fox had a question. It's not the weirdest question we've had, but it was just weird enough. Are there any lazy ants? And I want to know, where did this question come from? I was in my shower very early one morning, and the ants had made their way into my bathroom. And I couldn't help but think, are there ants back in the hole somewhere just sleeping? So you've mustered up all the courage you can just to get in the shower, to get out for work that morning. And you're like, these guys are making me look bad. Exactly. Exactly. I can't think of ever seeing an ant not moving, just kind of hanging out. Right. These ants are so high and mighty with their hard work, making us lazy humans feel bad. I really hope the answer is that there are lazy ants. You want to look to the animal kingdom to justify, you know, those mornings where you don't necessarily want to drag yourself out of bed. Is that right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's try and find out whether these guys are as lazy as as we hope they are. <laughs> I'm Andrew Norton, and this is the Completely Optional Knowledge Podcast, brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask, inquire, seek the truth. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. All right, so lazy ants. We phoned up Anna Dornhouse. She studies the behavior of social insects. So that's things like bees or ants over at the University of Arizona. And in order to study them, and I didn't even think of this, you have to keep track of who's who. We actually follow individual ants. And the way we can do that is by actually painting little color codes onto the ants' bodies. And so each ant in the colony has its own unique color code. And then we can follow them over some time, over a day or over weeks, and we can see what they're doing. Often we think of ants as hardworking. Is that true? So the reason we think ants are hardworking is because the ants we commonly see are the ones running around on the sidewalk. So we're seeing the ones that have actually left the nest And ants really only leave the nest if they absolutely have to. I hear (laughs) you. So most ants actually never leave the nest. They just stay inside. The ones we see running around are just a very small percentage of all the ants, commonly less than 10%. And they are trying to get that over with as quickly as possible. (laughs) Well, I guess it's like if you flew over a busy city, you'd be like, oh my gosh, humans are so busy. Look, they're, they're always in their cars. But what they don't see is the people on Netflix, you know? Right. It's it's exactly like that. Then inside the nest are many individuals that also have different jobs. So they're not leaving to collect food. They may be taking care of offspring. They may be building the nest. They may be keeping it clean. But it turns out a lot of them are actually doing nothing. (laughs) So we call them the inactives. And it turns out there's quite a few of those. So there's quite a high proportion of ants in a colony that repeatedly we see them not doing anything. In a way, they're specializing on inactivity. (laughs) I got to use that. I got to use that. (laughs) Yeah. So some ants are specializing on particular jobs, and these ants seem to be specializing on doing nothing. So so why why are they? You know, why are they inactive? (laughs) Okay. So you have some extra workers in case there's an emergency, but while they're waiting for that emergency, couldn't they do a little bit of work to make the job easier for everybody else? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Clean up after yourself. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it turns out there are probably situations where the workload fluctuates in a somewhat predictable manner, but on a timescale that's shorter than how long it takes to make a new worker. Explain what you mean by that. So 
if there's more brood that needs to be taken care of over the summer, they need more workers to do it. But it actually takes them a whole year to make a new worker. So they can't just have more workers produced or hired, if you will, <laughs> just for the summer. So in a way, what they need is temp workers, right? Mm -hmm. However, in ants, there's no such thing as hiring a temp worker. <laughs> Once you have one, you're stuck with it. It's just going to hang around, right? Even though you don't need that extra labor anymore. And because they're insects, being inactive actually means that their metabolism can really slow down. So they aren't that much of a burden on the colony if they're just literally hanging out. I see. <laughs> because they won't be eating that much. And it would be better for them to hang out and not eat anything rather than run around unnecessarily and perhaps get in everybody's way. I see. So it's like a basketball team. Like you have your people out there on the court playing, but you also have some people waiting in the wings in case there's an injury or to kind of substitute in when people on the court get tired. Right, exactly. You know, in a sports team, you don't just hire somebody right when somebody gets an injury. Right. It takes a long time to groom them and you need them right away. Yeah. And so in the end, in a way, that's the same thing. It takes them a long time to grow a new worker. So they have to do it ahead of time. In ants, we think the other element here is crowding. So we think there's really something to the saying that too many cooks spoil the broth, but it's not actually effective for all of them to try to do or try to help with the same job. It's actually sometimes more effective if just a few ants focus on what needs to be done and then they don't get in the way. There's not the added overhead of communicating with the extra workers about what exactly needs to be done. So if there's somebody basically already active in one job, <laughs> it's easier to let them continue to do it rather than trying to have a new person come in and switch with the first one. Right. I'm going to use that while I'm doing the dishes with my wife, actually. You know what? It looks like you got this. You know, it doesn't take too much time to you catch me up on what you've washed, what you still need to wash. Okay, so the difference between, let's say, you and your wife washing the dishes and the ants is that the ants are evolved to be cooperative anyway, whereas you and your wife, but also everybody else, <laughs> we are actually evolved to be competitive. So even if we are together in a family or we work together in a company, Part of us wants to advance the group goal, right? Wants to get the house clean, wants to yeah. make everything work. But at the same time, we have this innate drive to watch our own backs. Right. And in the ants, that's not the case. So in the ants, they're biologically evolved to be highly cooperative because the individuals are not reproducing. And so they actually don't have to worry about anything like equal shares or whether it's fair to divide up the work in a certain way, because at the end of the day, they're not reproducing, which means they have as much diverging interests as your left arm has from your right arm. <laughs> huh. You know, you don't want to work your right arm so much that it gets injured. But beyond that, there's no issue of fairness or competition between different parts of your body. And in the ants, it's basically the same way, just like your, your different body parts are evolutionarily built to advance uh, you know, your genetic goals as a whole. <laughs> My agenda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, can an ant be lazy? I guess the answer to that is yes, but not in the same way humans can. <laughs> not out of any sort of, you know, selfishness, I suppose. Right. So we think that ants are usually not lazy out of selfishness, but instead either to make the colony workflow smoother, to be a reserve worker for times in need, or because in part... There are also just ants that aren't good at doing work. <laughs> <laughs> See, this idea of framing good lazy and bad lazy, I think it's actually helpful for me, right? Where there are times where 
you just need a break or there's times where it's actually beneficial for you not to be doing work. And then there's times where, you know, you should be doing work and, and you're not out of, out of laziness and you can kind of look at yourself and assess which lazy you're being, right? Right. <laughs> Are you being ant lazy or human lazy? That's shocking. <laughs> I'm completely shocked that the ants are lazy and um, purposely lazy. Right. Smart lazy, you know? Yeah, I, I do want to take that, uh, that lesson. So uh, next time I'm staring blankly at my computer screen, it's for a purpose. It's kind of nice to know that they're not overachievers. You know, they know when to step down. They know when they can relax and they know when it's time to snap into action without any, any hesitation, right? Right. The, the firemen don't spend their whole day fighting fires, right? Right. They're not just driving the streets trying to find fires. You know what I mean? They're making baby back ribs and they're waiting for the call. <laughs> and, and that is no knock on firefighters, right? It's like your energy is being wasted if you're out trolling the streets trying to find a fire, right? I always ask people, you know, how are you going to bring this into your life? How are you going to apply this newfound knowledge in, in sort of a joking fashion, because most of the time the stuff we learn about is like animal farts and things like that. But but for, <laughs> in this case, I feel like this podcast may actually help the American economy. Okay, maybe am I taking it too far here? You're not taking it too far. There, there's a huge lesson in terms of ideal staffing size. Yeah. Uh, you need to overhire so you have people uh, ready to go in times of need. Right. And it's okay that they're they're not completely utilized. It's okay. And I think the key with ants is they hide away the people who aren't working. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. It's made by J.P. Davidson and me, Andrew Norton. And Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to subscribe to the show, to hear other episodes, and of course, to ask your questions, because after all, we can't make this thing without your questions. And please, the weirder, the better. Drop us a line on the website or call us at 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your weird question. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, do us a favor. If you do subscribe to the show, give us one of those ratings on iTunes, man. They really, really help us. And if you have already, you know, tell a friend, tell someone on Facebook about this podcast. 